Hello and welcome to CBS Radio Mystery Theater from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. The CBS Radio Mystery Theater presents... before us is simply this. Is murder ever justified? Has it ever been proven that assassination improved the lot of those in whose name the shot was fired or the dagger plunged? If the man be great, his spirit is not vanquished by death. The king is dead, yet his kingdom is still with us. Or as Cicero put it, the tyrant is dead, but tyranny lives on. Calpurnia, Calpurnia, wake up. Wake up. Oh, Caesar. Caesar, I had such a dream. Wounds everywhere on you. You were bleeding to death. Caesar promised me tomorrow morning you will not attend the Senate. Wait until next month, April. But there are many with petitions, Calpurnia. Caesar, I beg you. I have seen what can happen tomorrow. The Ides of March. Our drama, The Murder of Caesar, based on the contemporary accounts of Plutarch, Cicero, and Suetonius, was prepared for the Mystery Theater by G. Frederick Lewis and stars Paul Hecht and Earl Hammond. I'll be back shortly with Act One. one go about killing the most beloved and powerful man of his time, invincible in war, feared and obeyed from Spain to Britain. That was the problem that faced 60 senators of Rome 20 centuries ago. This man is long dead now, but let us imagine his presence today at our microphones. Ladies and gentlemen, Gaius Julius Caesar. I speak to you on the seventh month of the year named July. In my honor, Julius, July. In my lifetime, I have had many honors bestowed on me. Too many, in fact. For you, on the edge of the 21st century, I shall set down the truth of my last days of life. To speak it is a warning to counsel those within the range of my voice to beware of tyranny. Was I a tyrant or a benevolent dictator? Let the story be told. Portia. Portia, I must leave now. Is Caesar already entering the gate? Can't you hear? Oh, I wish I could go with you, Brutus. I told you yesterday, dear wife. Disguise yourself as a boy, and I could bring you along with me to Cicero's balcony to watch the parade. Cicero would see through my disguise instantly. He knows me too well. I'll return as soon as I've waved to Caesar when he passes. I want him to know there are those here in Rome who still love him. What on earth are you talking about? 
Why, there isn't a Roman who doesn't think of Caesar as a god. There are many who would have his head if they could. Politicians, aristocrats. You see how the Romans scream with joy. So don't tell me Caesar is hated. Dear wife, this triumphal entry after winning a war in Spain is only a show for the people. I'm aware that hundreds of thousands adore Caesar, yet there are many of great influence who don't. Far from it, they hate him. And is your friend Cicero one of the haters? You wouldn't ask that if you didn't suspect it. These antiquated customs about the place of women in our society are so frustrating. Why can't I see Caesar as he marches his legions to the Temple of Venus? Because I'm a woman. Oh, it's so unfair. You should have married the baker, Portia. You wouldn't have had these problems. I must go. Try not to miss me. Miss you? It's Caesar I shall miss. We'll visit him within a week. Brutus? Brutus, remember everything. How many banners, standards, the color of the flags, how many elephants, and are there any baby elephants? And most of all, look closely if you can at Caesar's face. I worry about him. Why so vehement today? Because today he returns from another brutal victory. He is a tyrant masquerading as a liberator. Ask if you could. The dead citizens of hundreds of villages slaughtered at his conquest. Civilians he has put to the sword in Egypt, Africa, and Britain. No wonder we are called Roman barbarians. Oh, I hate the man. Is that why you came to my house, Cassius? To curse Caesar? No, 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 Cicero. I came to enlist your aid. Those of us who love Rome must act. The time has come. When is it? I have learned in the calends of March the friends of Caesar will come before the Senate to propose he be made king. Do you believe he would accept that? At heart, he is a humble man. Cicero... He will accept the crown, I am certain of it. And there are enough uh, grateful senators to make it possible. I wouldn't have believed it if I hadn't heard it from you, Cassius. Of course it must be stopped. Who else can we count on? Cicero, I am not talking of voting. I am talking of, of killing. I know that. Who else will help? Tell me. There is one person who, if he will join us, his name would lend a uh, just an honorable reason to our act. Marcus Brutus. Is not the death of a tyrant an honorable act? Honor and justice are in the eye of the beholder. Now, if any Roman suspects anger, jealousy, or mere hatred grips our daggers, then we are lost. We can never form a government upon Caesar's death. If they believe we acted from a, a sense of justice, then there is honor in it. And Justice and Brutus have come to mean the same thing in Rome. Brutus is visiting me within the hour to watch Caesar's triumphant entry from my balcony. I shall sound him out.
crowd down there, Brutus. I barely made it through the streets to your house, Cicero. It's a good spot up on this balcony to see the whole parade. The legions will pass right below us. Is it true that Caesar took 14,000 prisoners at Cordova? And Marcellus. But I think he'll pardon me. Yes, Caesar was always magnanimous in victory. Not always. Well, at least Spain is no longer a battlefield. Many of our brothers in the Senate, Brutus, will not be too happy to welcome Caesar. I know. They fear his honorable intentions. They have no reason to? I'll be honest with you, Cicero. I am not sure. Oh, can Rome really afford another ten years of a dictator who would rather sleep on the ground than in a bed? I thought Rome was a republic, Cicero. Equality for all? Would you lower your intelligence to be equal? Give away wealth to be equal? I might. To some extent. I have no quarrel with that if every senator had an equal voice in decisions. Julius Caesar is so bloated with military success. He won't stop until he has sole rule. Do you imagine the entire Roman Senate will be satisfied to sit at the feet of the conqueror and nod their heads and affix their seals like so many deaf, dumb, and blind? You're defending fraudulent elections, stolen votes, courts of law, which are an insult to justice. How can you be blind to all that? You and those nodding senators. Thank the God Caesar isn't blind. His eyes are open, and he sees Rome as it really is. Oh, we've missed it. Missed it? Yes, while we were talking, Caesar and his legions passed right by the balcony. Perhaps that is a good omen. All that remains are the elephants. Caesar bringing up the rear. Well, at least I can tell Portia there were two baby elephants. Hail, Caesar. Hail, Caesar. Oh, I, uh, I beg of you both. Brutus said you, Portia. No ceremony for Caesar. We are happy the gods have returned you safely to Rome. I love this garden, Caesar. All these flowers, the fountains, and below us, the Tiber winding slowly. The sweet Portia, you and Brutus must always come here when I am no more. What a strange thing to say. Why, then? In my will, I've left this garden and all the others on the property to the people of Rome. For their enjoyment. What is all this about wills and death? <laughs> Fine talk from the man who besieged and laid waste to Asia Minor and who wrote to me from Zila, I came, I saw, I conquered. <laughs> My days of weeny weedy wiki are over, Brutus. Now, where did Portia disappear to? Oh, she loves gardens. She's probably wandered off to gather up some flowers. <laughs> Portia doesn't like to hear you talk so sadly. She's, she's very fond of you, Caesar. Well... I'm tired, Brutus. I come home and I am met with lean, pale faces and shifty eyes. The truth is, I am only at ease with my legions on the field of battle. Caesar, Caesar what is it? You're staggering. Uh, uh, it, it is nothing. Here, let me hold on to your arm. It will pass. You have tired yourself beyond endurance, as you always do. I, I wish it were only that. See, before the campaign, I saw Sabinus, the surgeon. He told me I had the falling sickness. Is it dangerous? Well, it, it can be. No one knows. All I ask the gods is that when the end comes, that it comes swiftly and unexpectedly. I am prepared. Caesar, in all the years I have known you, 
Never have I heard you talk like this. And at a time when the world honors you, medals are being struck, a new statue is to be raised in the Hall of Pompey. Ah, they wish to catch me out, uh, hoping that I will accept honors deserved only by the gods. Their praise mocks me. I see through it all. Oh, doesn't Calpurnia feel you need a rest, a, a long rest? She must be very concerned about this falling sickness. Well, I, uh, I haven't told her. And Brutus? You won't either. Oh, even so. Calpurnia believes in auguries and omens like any proper Roman woman. She thinks the future is controlled by the gods. And until the eagles fly right... I should stay quietly at home. I agree. The future of Rome can wait. Ah, future. I want none of it, Brutus. I am weary of it. Only the army is loyal to Caesar. Not so, dear friend. And a few old friends like you, Brutus. And tomorrow, I shall be in the hall of Pompey. Uh, sit by me, Marcus Brutus. Be there. Listen to them, Trebonius, Casca, Ligorius, Decimus, yes, even Cicero. You hear them, their mouths fill with pretty words and adulation, longing to drive their daggers into my heart. If they let me live, I shall live. But I am disheartened that I have become the most despised man in Rome. If you believe that, Caesar, then you must be on your guard. Against what? No, Brutus. What will be, will be. Caesar, I have brought you a crown to wear. Oh, sweet Portia, a crown of flowers. Cyclamens and lilies. I would have put in roses, but the thorns would have hurt your head. Uh, thank you, my dear. Ah, uh, Brutus, we're Rome filled with citizens such as your dear wife. <laughs> hey, Portia... If you'll place it on my head, scent of it will lighten my heart. I shall need your love tomorrow. Why tomorrow? Caesar is attending a full meeting of the Senate tomorrow. Yes, I have convinced the Senate to grant a full pardon to Marcellus and all those who raised the sword against me in the Spanish campaign. The Senate, overcome with my generosity, will delegate one of their members to present me with new awards and windy speeches. But I shall wear your garland of flowers, Portia, to keep from catching cold and possibly my death. Men of genius like Julius Caesar are governed by their intuition. They follow where it leads them. And the life of a nation is but the reflection of the lives of statesmen and conquerors. If that is so, then one can ascribe the final fall of Rome to the events related here. I shall return shortly with Act Two. One man's life and death accelerated the civil wars that ended the Republican government of Rome. One man. But it is not history that concerns us here, but why he was killed, by whom, and how. As we did in Act One, let us place our microphones at the disposal of that man himself, Gaius Julius Caesar. As I predicted, 
and I required no oracle to see into the future. The full Senate gathered the following day to heap dignities upon me, all of which I regarded as indignities. I had done much service to Rome, but I knew, nevertheless, the Senate and Roman aristocrats had plotted from Spain to Britain against me. Friends, Romans, the full Senate has bid me, Cicero, to welcome on its behalf the great Caesar. No general has ever in the history of man performed such exploits. I couldn't believe it if I didn't hear it. How easy it is to applaud with your hands. Caesar's wars ended with the last battle. The sword is now sheathed, and righteousness and peace will rule our land. The full Senate sits here today in admiration and gratitude. And in conclusion, a word of warning. I have heard that Caesar has expressed a fear of assassination. By whom could such an attempt be made? Not by his comrades, who owe Caesar everything they possess. Not by his enemies, for he has no enemies. But if there is such a danger, great Caesar, be you watchful. For if Caesar were to fall, Rome will fall with him. I want you to know that I have climbed this seventh hill of Rome up to the temple of augurs and oracles only to please you. Really, Caesar? You're not interested in what these good augurs have to say? I'm interested, but I take with a pinch of salt what they foresee and foretell. Dearest husband, we have made this ascent on foot so that you will listen and learn and lengthen your life. We are here, aren't we? Much against your will. Oh, you are so stubborn, Caesar. No matter what I say, my dreams, my auguries, they count for nothing. Your Majesty, King Julius Caesar. Oh, a high priest. I may be majestic, but I am not a king. Nor would I be. Madam Calpurnia, I received your message. What message? I sent word yesterday to this high priest that all other supplicants be barred from the temple today so that the good high priest could devote all his energies to reading the signs for you, Caesar. I haven't been up here since I was a boy. We wish to know, what is Caesar's future now that he has returned from the wars? Do the fates augur well or ill? Quite so. Um, Storm lightning, the sign of lightning. Lightning from left to right, favorable. Right to left, unfavorable, the mere appearance of any lightning, all public assemblies to be suspended for a day. Well, we'll have to change that. Too many high officials are saying they saw lightning because they want to go fishing on a day for meeting. Ah, yes. Um, signs from the birds. Eagle and vulture, a good sign. Owl, crow, and raven... A bad sign. Have you seen any birds today? Not a one, not a single bird. (laughs) I don't like to spoil your act. Uh, But there's been a crow following us. 
halfway up the mountain. Yes, I see him, but he's a black crow. They're all right. It's the gray crows that are a bad sign. Uh, Calpurnia, I think we've had enough of this fine language. Uh, High priest, I thank you. We are going. Caesar, please. High priest, did you slaughter a sheep? Yes, we did. It was done as we saw you ascending the hill. The moment we saw you, I gave the word. Uh, If you like, I shall fetch the entrails. Yes, you may do so. I take my leave of you, great Caesar. Uh, Now, when the old man brings us the sheep entrails, Calpurnio, will you be satisfied? It's for you that we've come here, Caesar. So you will know how the gods wish you to govern. Calpurnia, I am far from certain I wish to rule. I want no more glory. I hope it's only glory you want no more of. What do you mean? Portia told me yesterday. She and Brutus had been to see you in the gardens, and that you told Brutus you had lived long enough. Oh, Brutus talks too much. Caesar, you're piercing my heart. Well, I may have said something like that. We spoke of death, and I probably said what will be, will be. That is why I ordered the high priest to welcome us today to the temple of the augurs. I wanted to know what will be. Calpurnia, cannot an old soldier lay down his arms? Not his life. Caesar, your work is not finished. You have defeated all our enemies. Now the Roman constitution must be rebuilt. I tell you, Calpurnia, whatever the omens for my future, good or bad, I am very tired. May I rejoin you, great Caesar? Ah, yes. You may come forward. I have in this bowl the entrails of the sheep that was put to the knife in the temple's altar. Oh, yes, yes. What does it foretell? Great Caesar, the sheep had no heart. No heart? Well, how could it have lived? We could find no heart in it. Jupiter and Apollo, what does it mean? I'm afraid it must be interpreted as a warning. A warning? You're certain about that? Great Caesar, I don't wish you to think I had any hand in this. I'm merely reporting what was told to me. Oh, I see. Uh, by the sheep butcher. Well, it's a warning. Hmm? Be specific, high priest. What does it mean? Uh, no heart means no life for Caesar. I knew it. I was sure. Danger. Death. Oh, I've had enough of this. A high priest. Of your temple of augurs, the entrails of this beast will be more favorable when I, Caesar, so decide. Now, I don't accept it as an augury of good or bad if a dumb animal has no heart. I have. Now, that is what is important to Rome. Calpurnia, come. I've wasted enough time here. The day grows short. We salute you. Cicero and my friends. Good afternoon. Uh, What brings so many of you senators to our gardens today? Caesar, the Senate wishes to confer upon you a golden wreath. A wreath suitable for a king. May I place it as a crown upon your head? Uh, uh, Senators, senators, you you make us very angry. Uh, You may remain standing. We shall be seated. Now, we have said this before. We are no king, and we will not be a king. 
It is enough. We are Caesar. Caesar, the senators were regarded as a great insult if you remain seated while they are standing. Uh, 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 Cicero has just informed us you object to our remaining seated while you stand. Uh, Senators, our answer to that is this is our home. You are our guests, the visitors. In our home, we do as we please. Uh, You may leave the wreath here. Yes, the laurel leaves are excellently fashioned of pure gold. Senators, you may go. Cicero, remain. But Caesar, since you refused the office this gold laurel wreath represents, why not return it to them? Why should I? What earthly use is it to you? You made your point. You rejected becoming a monarch... Why keep the symbol? No. Let me show you. I put it on. Fits nicely, doesn't it? It's very becoming. Yes, exactly. I shall wear it without the title. But why, Caesar? Because it covers my head where I am getting bald. I may not wish to be king, but I am vain enough to wish to conceal my baldness. (laughs) Now, what did you wish? It was not I who asked to remain, Caesar. It was you who ordered me to. Huh? Oh, yes. Yes, yes. Take this message back to those surly senators. Tell them that no disrespect was meant to the Senate by my sitting down while they remained standing here in my garden. I had to sit down. I had no choice. And no disrespect. Believe me. Of course. I have the falling sickness. And when I feel it coming on, rather than faint in public, I... I must sit. Do you understand? Yes. Yes, Caesar. Be my mirror. Tell me how the wreath looks on my head. <laughs> it, uh, It looks well, doesn't it? Very well, indeed. <laughs> king Caesar. No, no, not king. The world is full of kings. But only one Caesar. I shall wear it from now on. Brutus, I know you're very close to Caesar. I heard the Senate conferred a gold laurel wreath upon him this afternoon. They did. I was going to say, our great general bears watching... He accepted the wreath only because he said it would cover his bald spot. Yes, he's rather vain about that. And he has these strange, sudden tempers which make me wonder. Does Caesar have full command of himself? His breath often comes in gasps. He looks wildly. Brutus, I fear for his sanity. You know about his falling sickness. Yes, he told me. And I don't think Caesar is mad. I mean, the greatest general the world has ever known comes home to rule against the wishes of Roman society and politicians. At the age of 56, he's worn out, used up. What does Caesar really want? Rest. Peace. Not speeches and gold laurel wreaths. Cicero, I'll tell you this in the strictest confidence. Caesar has told me... That what he desires most of all is to die.
Cicero, from whom we have just heard, has written, That which is to be most chiefly desired by all good persons is leisure with honor. Leisure with honor. Caesar would have settled for that, but it was not to be. I shall return shortly with Act Three. Today we may smile at what we call superstitions, the signs and portents that guided the lives of the early Romans. However, omens of one kind or another are still here. In my part of the world, farmers will tell you, roosters crowing on the fence, all the storms will travel hence. Roosters crowing on the grass, all the storms are bound to pass. And you had better believe it. It is night. Caesar's wife, Calpurnia, is in bed. Her sleep troubled by one nightmare after another. Calpurnia. Yes? What is it, Caesar? Calpurnia. Do you hear that? I do, Caesar. Yes. What is happening outside our house? It sounds like some heavy object is being lifted onto the roof. I'll, I'll go to the balcony and have a look. You! You there! What are you doing by torchlight? We are raising a statue of Caesar to the roof of his house. I ordered no such work to be done. It is by order of the Senate. What are they doing, Caesar? Uh, some misguided souls are honoring me with a large marble statue of myself. Can you see it dangling over the street? They're hauling it to be set on our roof. The statue has fallen into the street. Into a thousand marble chips. Oh, Caesar, come away from the balcony. Caesar, please don't look. It is an ill omen. Can't you see that? It is a broken statue. I can see that. It means the fall of Caesar. Calpurnia. Calpurnia, can you hear me? Caesar, what is it? I got up the moment I heard you call. Oh, you're bleeding. Caesar, there's blood on your left arm. I must bind it up. What happened? Didn't you hear anyone go... Oh, Caesar, look. Your right arm. It too is bleeding. Wounds on your chest. Help. Help someone. Help. Oh, my beloved. We must stop it. Your neck, too. My darling, let me hold you to myself. I press myself against oh. you to stop the blood. Calpurnia. Calpurnia, wake up. Oh, it was a dream. Oh, Caesar, it was many dreams. Wounds on your neck, your arms, your chest, and then... Oh, horrible, I can't bear to think about it. I had strange dreams also, Calpurnia. Caesar, is there a broken statue in the street below us? No. No, I have been standing on the balcony waiting for the sun to rise. There is nothing on the street. Oh, that was a dream, too. The fall of Caesar. Oh, come closer, my dear heart. In a few hours, it will be morning. You must not attend the Senate. Promise me you won't. But there will be so many with petitions. I don't trust the senators. Caesar... In one week, most of them must return to their own towns. Then the danger will be past. Uh, what danger, Calpurnia? My dream spoke of it. Blood all over your body. It is a sign. 
many wounds. Many will have a hand in your death. They are too cowardly to attack you singly. Oh, Caesar, don't go to the Senate when it is morning. Wait. Then call another session. In the month of April, you will be safer. Calpurnia, it's hard for me to believe that because you dreamt of many wounds, I have to fear many daggers. Do you believe nothing? Caesar, to disregard the omens of this night is to ask to die. Oh, my darling, do you wish to die? Well, dying is the only way to peace. Yes, I do. Brutus, Cassius, we're well met at this early hour. You, Cassius, said you would report to us on your plan of action. Yes, today is the 15th. Mm -hmm. The Ides of March. The Senate meets at 11. I have enlisted the aid of 17 senators and with ourselves. That is 20. And you, Brutus, where do you stand? First for Rome, then for friendship. I have decided I'll do my part if this is the only way. It is the only way. Do you wish to live under the rule of one man? That is the issue, the rule of one man. No, I don't. A hand clasp, then. The three of us, together. Done. 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 Next point. Will Caesar be armed? Will he have guards? You don't know Caesar, Cicero. He has dismissed his Spanish bodyguard. He will walk alone to the Hall of Pompey this morning. Yes, fearless as in battle. He thinks no one will touch him. You don't know him either, Cassius. I've spent many hours with Caesar since his return from Spain. He won't try to escape, run, or turn away from death. Mm. Has his bravery turned to cowardice? He will be brave even unto the last stab. But Caesar no longer wishes to live among us. He is sacrificing himself that we may someday understand our weaknesses. Brutus, minutes count. This is no time for philosophy. In a week we return to our provinces. Everything is made ready for today. It's our last chance. Brutus, Brutus, are you listening? Yes, yes. Caesar is due to arrive at 11. We must all be in our places, all 20 of us, when Caesar arrived. Mm. We must each have armed ourselves with a dagger. 20 daggers. 20 thrusts should be enough. Friends, I have agreed to join you, but I cannot stomach the details. If at the last moment Caesar could reform... Oh, I wish... What? Wish what, Brutus? Never mind. But let me stand apart from you now so as not to hear all this. Brutus, did you say reform? Caesar, reform? The man who would be king? He has denied it, Cicero, privately, publicly. As would any politician. Those who pretend to run from the voters, who claim they are not interested in public office so as to be pursued by the majority. Yes, Caesar would do his duty and be king if we pleaded with him. If the people of Rome got all down on one knee and spoke up with one voice and said, Please, Caesar, be our king. Of course he would. It's an old political trick. We have created a monster. A dictator who thinks he knows better than any Roman what is good for Rome. Go, stand apart from us, Brutus, if you are offended by practical matters. But I shall expect your dagger to be sharp. Dear husband... Don't go to the Senate today. Listen to your wife. I'm afraid. So afraid. 
You said you had petitions to hear. Hear them tomorrow, the day after, next week. For my sake, Caesar, I beg you. Well, I suppose the petitions could wait. Oh, my darling husband. You stay with me all day. We shall spend the Ides of March reading Homer together. Well, I must send for Antony to dismiss the Senate. It would be an insult past repairing if they gather and I simply do not appear. I'll speak to Antony. I'll tell him the truth, that you are unwell and wish quiet and rest. I'll answer the door. The servants aren't up yet. What is it? What do you wish? Well, a messenger from the Senate, is it? A beggar. I can't think how he got to the inner court, to this door. I think he's blind, Caesar. What is it, old man? What do you wish? Caesar, don't talk to him. Shut the door, I'm afraid. Uh, he is a poor man. He's motioning to me to come closer. No, oh, I know him. He's one of those soothsayers that sits all day outside the Senate. Caesar, don't, please. Shut the door. He wants to whisper something in my ear. Yes? Yes, old fellow, what is it? Caesar? What did he say? He's going away. Let us go back inside, Calpurnia. What is it, Caesar? What did he say? Nothing. Nothing at all. You're white as a ghost. I want to know what he told you. He said, Great Caesar, beware the Ides of March. He sent word with Mark Antony. He asks to be excused. He feels poorly and he will convene the Senate next week. Next week will be too late. You suppose he's learned something? No, it's possible. But who would tell him? Not his sworn enemies. Is there a traitor amongst us? Not one that I can think of. Unless... Brutus. Brutus? We need him to lend honor to our deed. But I wouldn't say he is overjoyed at freeing Rome from Caesar. But why should Brutus inform Caesar? What what does he have to gain? No, no, I, I, I cannot believe that he would. I've sent for him. We'll ask him point blank. Yes, you're right, you're right. We, we need Brutus. He makes our actions legitimate. Well, he would be next in line, majority leader of the Senate. Everyone would approve of him, as is as he's known as an honest and wise and thinking man. Ah, Brutus, you came quickly. We have a problem. Yes, uh, Caesar refused to be at the Senate at 11 this morning. Refused? Why? He doesn't give a reason. Caesar will not come. Hm. It's all for the best. What did you say? For us to slay Caesar was not meant to be. It's a sign, don't you see, Cassius? Yes, I see. I see Roman chains. There will be no republic. Brutus, be honest with me. Tell me to my face. You had no hand in dissuading Caesar from coming to the Senate today. I swear not. We look to you, Brutus, to remember the tyrant we are dealing with. Caesar trusts you, Brutus. Go to him instantly. Tell him the Senate is prepared to vote unanimously that he should be declared king of all the provinces outside of Italy. Not Rome. He's too intelligent to be taken in by that again. Not Rome. Tell him he can wear the crown in any other place but Italy, by sea or land. Cicero, do you think he'll agree? Will he bite the bait? I do. 
Ambition is so powerful a vice that no matter how high we climb, we still need to climb further. Now go, Brutus. Hurry. We have one hour. This occasion will never come again. Brutus, I tell you it's all Calpurnia's doing. She is not by nature superstitious. But in the past days and nights, a series of omens and warnings have persuaded her that violence awaits me in the Senate. Caesar, we once spoke of death. You said if it came suddenly, it would be welcome. So, then there is death in the halls of the Senate. No, I was merely reminding you that this morning the Senate is prepared to place a crown upon your head for all the provinces you have conquered. If you do not come with me, Caesar, your enemies are bound to say, what kind of a man is this Caesar? The Senate must wait until his wife has better dreams? How can we, your friends, defend you when they say you are capricious? Your rule is arbitrary and tyrannical. I won't give them the occasion to say that. Uh, it would stop if you were there. Caesar, if in your heart you feel today, the 15th of March, the Ides is not to your liking, then come with me now directly to the Senate. Face those who have gathered and adjourn the meeting yourself in person. Do I have to tell you, a strong man stands up and faces danger? Brutus, I will come. Now. I went to the Senate. When I arrived, all stood as one in my honor, out of respect. Brutus and Cassius and a dozen or more crowded about me, some with petitions, some with light talk of the weather. A hand reached out and tore at my robe, and death was upon me. How many times I was stabbed is history. I spoke only once. I heard my voice say, Oh, Brutus, not you too. I tried to defend myself. Why? I don't know. I had no desire to live, and they knew that. I pulled my robe about my face and sank to the ground. as a beacon and as a warning 
against any form of tyranny. Our cast included Paul Hecht, Earl Hammond, Joan Shea, and Gordon Gould. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. And now, a preview of our next tale. Ah, to come to the point of why I'm here, Dave, I want you to lock me up. You want me to what? I don't think I quite caught that. I want you to lock me up. Lock you up? Here, in the cell. You can do it, Dave. You're the chief of police. That's why I came here, to ask you this favor. Just shove me in a cell and keep me there. Emmett, why would I do that? Why would you want me to? Because if you don't, I'm going to do something terrible. Well, like what? I mean, what would you do? Murder? Theft? I don't know, something... Beat up somebody and take everything he's got. Beat up who? Take what? I don't know. Anybody. Anything. I... I'm going to do it if somebody doesn't stop me. Mrs. E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams.